0: you got.
1: Welcome to Big Facts, where we learn about the side hustles of artists, actors, and icons to build our own side hustles, ventures, and businesses. I'm your host, Safi Aziz. Let's go get Every episode, we will go through the history of one or many ventures of our chosen celebrity and extract any big facts we can to apply to our own entrepreneurial endeavors. We, of course, had to start this series off with the first ever rapper to be valued at $1 billion, Beyonce's husband, Sean Carter, Hove, Jay-Z. In this episode, we will learn about three things, authenticity, accountability, and partnership, through Jay-Z's nearly two-decade relationship with champagne brand Ace of Spades, which he just sold half of to in 2021 for $300 million. That's a fat Venmo payment. Before we talk business, let's talk a little bit about Jay's story and its impact on the culture. Sean Carter was born in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, on December 4th, 1969, as the youngest of four. His early life was not easy. He was raised in the Marcy Projects by a single mom. His father walked out on them when he was 11 years old. To get by, his first hustle was slinging crack cocaine as a teenager, something he raps about a considerable amount even to this day. He was around the rap scene very early on. I don't think most people realize this, but he went to high school with THE Notorious B.I.G. In 1989, at 20 years old, Jay-Z performed a song on MTV called The Originators with his mentor Jazzo. His stage name for this performance was Jay-Z, an homage to Jazzo and a reference to the Jay-Z subway line in Brooklyn. Even though he was on MTV, no one would sign him to a record label. After six years of trying, he decided to go out on his own and built his own record label called Rockefeller Records. With this label, he dropped his debut album, Reasonable Doubt, at 26 years old. 26 was, and still is, considered to be too old to enter the rap game. Jay defied convention. Quick sidebar I totally love this move from Jay. He didn't get discouraged that the labels didn't recognize his genius for 6 years, and just took matters into his own hands and became his own boss, that's, that's the dream. And this is something that will come up again and again in Jay Z's music and non-music careers. Let's fast forward 3 decades, and here are a handful of his accolades. He has 13 studio albums with 5 collaborative albums, like Watch the Throne for example being a collaborative album. This guy sold over 100 million records by far. He's won 23 Grammys and garnered 64 nominations. This makes him the 10th most awarded artist of all time of any genre. Three of his albums, Reasonable Doubt, The Blueprint, and The Black Album, are featured in Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. He holds a solo artist record for Billboard 200 number 1 albums with a smacking 14 albums. Jay was toasted by Barack Hussein Obama as the first rapper in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. More than all these accolades, just think about his reach across music. This guy has a song with Biggie Smalls and Kendrick Lamar, Justin Timberlake, and Linkin Park. His impact on the culture goes beyond his solo career, either through Rockefeller Records or his entertainment company Rock Nation, or as the former president of Def Jam Recordings, he supported the career of Rihanna, Kanye West, J. Cole, Rick Ross, and dozens of others. I only saw Jay-Z live once. It was during his 2018 tour after the release of 444. It was probably the best possible place I could have seen him for the first time. Just picture this. Jay-Z in the middle of this massive stadium with thousands of people on a stage completely by himself. Spotlights on him, smoke around him. Four huge jumbotrons, one on each side of the stage. And he commanded that entire venue. The entire place was absolutely packed and what stood out to me in that moment was just the pure range of the audience. There were people not only of every color, but every age. We had everyone from Gen Z to 60-somethings in beautiful, sparkly gold dresses knowing all the words to his songs. It, it hit me in that moment that this guy has been dropping albums since 96. He's released some of the most iconic rap songs of the entire genre. Empire State of Mind, Numb Core, Hard Knock Life, Izzo, Heart of the City, N-Words in Paris. It's just an incredible discography, incredible reach across music. Alright. The gush is over. For more Jay-Z history, I recommend reading Jay-Z Made in America by Michael Eric Dyson. For right now, let's talk business.
0: Coke takes a day impossible takes a week I rest of my sleep. I sold kilos of cocoa I'm guessing I could sell CDs I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man me my business Kongies, you got
1: me Ja Z started as an entrepreneur in the rap game, but he's an entrepreneur in every game now, including actual games. He was or is involved in sports through holdings in the Barclay Center. The Nets, his sports agency, Rock Nation Sports, where he's a certified NBA and MLB sports agent. He sold his clothing line, RockAware, for $200 million. He is involved in the food and beverage industry through holdings in Sweetgreen, Doucet, Cognac, and even Oatly. He's got a series of nightclubs called 4040. He's in cannabis as chief brand strategist for a company called Kaliva. He's got stakes in real estate, art, insurance startups, Uber, SpaceX. This guy's in it all. This guy, a rapper, was on the cover of Forbes with the poster child of finance, Warren frickin' Buffett, a decade before Jay was even a billionaire. i would go read that interview, it's incredible. There's so many exciting businesses with interesting stories we can choose from. But the one I wanted to zero in on was a company that Jay was very hands-on with and contributed the most to his net worth when he was valued at $1 billion by Forbes in 2019. In this episode, we will be discussing his iconic champagne line, Armand de Brignac, that he sold half of two to the luxury holding company LVMH in February 2021 for over $300 million. Champagne and rap pair very nicely together. They were introduced to one another back in the 80s through an MC from Harlem named Branson B., who's still around today. He showed the beverage to Notorious B.I.G. and Puff Daddy, who ran the scene at the time. Within a few years, champagne was the drink of choice in the rap scene. Def Jam president Joey had described its prevalence in the culture by the 90s as, quote, At the bar, you'd say, Give me a bottle of Moet, and you'd pay cash. Give me a bottle of Cristal. Give me a bottle of Dom. No glasses. Watching a thousand people holding bottles of Cristal, Dom Perignon, or Moet at one time was kind of amazing. The club constantly sold out of champagne. Remember, this was the bad boy era. Puff Daddy was king at the time. It was pre-Jay-Z. Jay-Z would be there spending tons of money, but this was the Puff Daddy era. Jay-Z took the bottle to the masses by 1999, when the rapper's delight was a champagne called Cristal. He repped Cristal in songs and featured it in music videos. A notable line is from his track Hard Knock Life, where Jay-Z raps. Gonna split
0: it 50/50. Uh-huh. Let's take the dough and stay real chicky. Uh-huh and sip the Chris and get pissy, pissy. Flow infinitely like the memory of my nigga Biggie Baby. You know-
1: Jay starting to rep Cristal and his content made the drink extremely popular with other musicians Raekwon, 50 Cent, Sean Combs, amongst others all referenced it And this influence can be quantified A brand strategist by the name of Lucy and James tracked the most frequent brand references in the Billboard Top 20 Between the years 2003 and 2005 Cristal was placed in the top 10 each year. In just four years, Jay pushed Cristal to the forefront of pop culture. Things were going well for Cristal. Jay-Z and hip-hop at large made their beverage the drink of entertainers. And then, Cristal messed up. Frederick Rousseau, the managing director of the company that makes Cristal Champagne, was interviewed by The Economist in 2006. He was asked how he felt about the popularity of Cristal amongst rappers, and he said, quote, What can we do? We can't forbid people from buying it. I'm sure Don Periano-Krug would be delighted to have their business. Many in the hip-hop world, including Jay-Z, took these comments as racist. Jay refused to rub the beverage ever again and vowed he wouldn't mention Cristal in a song, even when performing older tracks that included them. After enjoying nearly two decades of ascension into pop culture, Cristal fell out of the hip-hop reference list overnight. In the same year as The Breakup, Catier, a champagne house founded in 1763, began to roll out a new champagne project. This would become Armand de Brignac, aka Ace of Spades. For those who haven't seen it, I'd Google it. It's this heavy gold metallic bottle with an engraved Ace of Spades symbol. It's very, very impressive. An importer by the name of Brett Barish, the CEO of Sovereign Brands, saw the fallout between Jane, as and Opportunity. He went to Cartier and struck a deal to import a champagne with Jay as the frontman. The first sign of Jay-Z's new allegiance appeared in his 2006 music video for Show Me What You Got. Let's play a snippet of that song here. The best scene is where Jay waves off a waiter offering a bottle of Cristal. The waiter then returns with a bottle of Ace of Spades and a steel briefcase, which Jay then accepts. First, We Fee said it best in their article titled The History of Champagne and Hip Hop. Quote, With one simple gesture, Jay effectively killed one icon and christened a new one. The Cartier House states that it tried for 20 plus years to sell at Champagne in the United States, but with limited success due to lackluster importer relationships. But after Ace of Spades showed up in the Show Me What You Got music video, Mr. Cattier said he received more publicity in 2 weeks than he had in 2 decades. Unknown to the world at the time, Jay-Z took a considerable stake in the brand, estimated somewhere between 33 and 50% for an undisclosed sum. I believe Sovereign Brands and Cattier had ownership at this time as well. Jay learned from his mistakes in Cristal, and he acquired ownership up front for all the taste-making he was about to do for the brand and taste-making he did. Five years later, in 2011, Mark Cuban, uh, the the legendary investor, uh, Shark Tank host, uh, he was on Billions, I think, and uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Anyway, he spent 90 Gs, $90,000, on a 15-liter bottle of Armand de Brignac to celebrate the Dallas Mavericks NBA championship. A week later, the Boston Bruins purchased a 30-liter, 100-pound bottle called the Midas, for $100,000. The Midas bottle was only one of six released worldwide. It's the largest bottle of champagne available in the world, and can sell easily for over 200 Gs. This year, Jay pays homage to the newfound prevalence of his champagne in the sports world and his song N-Words in Paris. Let's play a snippet of that here.
0: Hey, you be in Paris, up too. also hot huh? like huh? Just might let you gay. towns, moving next. Be-
1: Jay ensured Ace of Spades wasn't just in high profile sports events. In September 2012, he and Beyonce held a fundraiser for Barack Obama at the forty forty club that included a tower of 350 bottles. It was quite the sight to see. The spotlight kept shining on the golden bottle. In 2013, David Ortiz of the Boston Red Sox popped a 15 liter bottle of the champagne after his team won the World Series. Jay referenced this event on his track, Kill Jay-Z. I
0: don't even know what you would've done in the future of the niggas playing football with your son. You would lost it. 13 bottles of Ace of Spade would've did the Boston.
1: Three years in a row, Ace of Spades is the drink of champions, investors, and politicians. While this three-year run may not have included as many mentions in the Billboard Top 20, this run showcases how Jay positioned Armand de Brignac outside of just hip-hop. A year later, in 2014, Jay-Z buys the entire stake of Ace of Spades. Again, the price was undisclosed. In 2018, four years later... Jay-Z leaks the valuation of his bubbly on a Meek Mill track called What's Free. Let's listen to that
0: here. While you
1: could chalk up a $500 million valuation as a classic example of rapper embellishing, as we will soon learn, this figure was likely spot on. In 2019, we finally get some data. 500,000 bottles were sold in just that year. Minimum $300 retail price, right? That's $150 million in sales. In one year. The popularity and sales figures of Ace of Spades pushes Jay-Z's net worth to $1 billion this year. Even though Forbes conservatively valued the brand at $300 million, it was still the single largest contributor to Jay's net worth. Forbes officially recognizes Jay-Z as the first hip-hop artist to reach the 10-figure club. Now this year, in February 2021, LVMH, which stands for Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy, purchases 50% of Armand de Brignac for $315 million. This implies the brand is valued at $630 million. This is double of what Forbes valued at just two years prior, and $130 million more than Jay valued it himself in 2018. For those who don't know, LVMH is a French luxury conglomerate valued at $320 billion. In addition to owning all the fashion brands you know of like Christian Dior, Givenchy, Marc Jacobs, and Fenty, it's the single largest producer of champagne in the world. Moe Shandon, Veuve Clicquot, and Dom Perignon are all LVMH brands. That wraps it up for history. Time to get into the big facts
0: you know you got this fantasy in your head about getting out of the life and setting the corporate world on its ear what the fuck you gonna do except hustle hustle
1: According to a report by Committee Champagne, there were 360 champagne houses as of 2020. This makes up the 240 million bottles sold globally. The United States was shipped about 20 million of that, and in 2019, we know that Ace of Spades sold 500,000 bottles, so assuming all sales were in the States... That implies Jay won about 2.5% market share, and just pure volume, in about 14 years. While it may not seem like much, it's important to mention two things. One, Jay-Z was an outsider to the champagne industry. He is the first African-American to have had full ownership of a champagne company in history. Two, his goal from the jump was to be a prestige champagne brand with a high price point and a high class image. His goal was never to sell to the masses. What's more important is this end result. First of all, he sold it to LVMH, best buyer. He had an outsized outcome compared to his sales figures. $630 million valuation, a $315 million payout. It's an impressive feat. While we can't be Jay-Z, there are three big facts from this story that I believe we can apply to our own ventures. The first big fact is, escape competition through authenticity. This concept was popularized by AngelList founder Naval in his podcast, How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. He says, quote, If you are building and marketing something that's an extension of who you are, no one can compete with you. Authenticity naturally gets you away from competition. Competition leads to copycatting and playing the completely wrong game. End quote. Products slash celebrity associations are not new. But it's how Jay-Z maintained an aura of authentic branding throughout the product's life that reveals his strategic mind. For the most valuable asset in his portfolio, his mention and showcase of the beverage was relatively sparse. Jay chose when to reference, spotlight, and include Ace's base in both his musical and non-musical careers. He made sure there was a purpose each time. His most in-your-face showcase was definitely that first one, that music video for Show Me What You Got. After that, he took a primarily show-don't-tell approach to build Armand de Brignac's relevance in the public eye. He carefully inserted it into the main states of culture, politics, and business Mark Cuban, Dallas Mavericks, Boston Bruins, Barack Obama. He ensured Ace was associated as the drink of champions and politicians at the top of their game, without having him to physically be there and push the product. What remained consistent across these placements was that Armand de Brignac maintained its prestige positioning. Jay made Ace so coveted that Mark Cuban would pay for a single bottle, albeit a big bottle the same price as others would pay for a souped-up Tesla. While the appearances and mentions of Ace of Spades was minimal, each was a spectacle, just like Jay himself. Its authenticity had a material impact on the overall financial outcome. When the time came for Jay to sell half the company, its elevated brand image led to a higher valuation. Even though Ace of Spades had de minimis sales in comparison to other drinks, it was valued at a 4.2 times multiple to its 2019 sales. This isn't typical for the industry. Beverage market analyst Eric Schmidt confirms this with, quote, The multiples for Amanda Brignac, based on the category and volume size of the brand, far outreach brands that don't have that celebrity ownership, end quote. But the key ingredient to this outsized multiple is definitely an authentic relationship with the brand. A key ingredient to an authentic relationship is an association over time. Food and beverage marketing consultant Arthur Gallego said it best, "quote, with celebrity association, particularly in the early years, the valuation of a company could be higher by three to seven times, but I don't think it works for every celebrity. There's got to be something authentic about it." End quote. The piece about association in the early years is critical to authenticity. Jay interlaced ace of spades in his music and non-music endeavors over a 15-year time frame. This time ultimately had a compounding effect on the outcome. Remember Lucien James, that brand strategist who tracked the references on the billboard charts? During this time, he was approached by big brands who wanted to hire him to get their products name dropped on the billboard charts. He pushed back saying, quote, It's organic. If you have a genuine, relevant place in hip-hop culture, and you're a symbol of something interesting, then you're going to get a name check because you're going to mean something to people. People can tell when something feels inauthentic. We roll our eyes sometimes when we see the latest actor or star athlete repping a completely random product out of the blue. If you're going to use authenticity as part of your moat to remain ahead of your competition, I don't recommend spraying and praying when you're seeking exposure. Be measured, targeted, and more than anything, make sure it feels authentic. The second big fact is using accountability as leverage. That is to say, The more your reputation is on the line, the greater the upside and downside is for you. This concept is also from Naval. He says, quote, Accountability is important because that's how you're going to get leverage, credibility, and equity. A piece of the business. When you're negotiating with other people, someone else is making a decision about how to compensate you. That decision will be based on how replaceable you are. If you have high accountability, that makes you less replaceable. You'll be rewarded directly in proportion with your accountability. And Jay learned this from his relationship with Cristal. Without a seat at the table, you can be disrespected, unappreciated, and ultimately replaced. So, Jay made sure he got ownership up front in Armand de Brignac. Jay didn't necessarily need to buy ownership in Armand de Brignac to make money. He could have had a more typical agreement like a percentage of sales or product placement fee agreement. While this would have certainly limited his downside... It would more so limit his upside. Jay invested his own money into the product and kept on buying more ownership as the drink became more popular. He wasn't just investing in the company, he was investing in his own business acumen to push the product to success. He essentially de-risked his own investment over time. Even today, he still owns 50% of the business. His interests remain aligned with LVMH. He's still accountable for at least half the outcome. With a global partner now in the mix, the stakes are higher than even before. If he makes a bad call, it's not only his money at risk, but LVMH's as well. If he makes a bad call, it's not only his reputation on the line, it's LVMH's as well. However, Jay can also enjoy whatever spoils LVMH brings his way, which we'll get to in a second. In conclusion, believe in yourself, and if you're able to, have as much accountability as possible. Make moves with your name on the line. The third and last big fact is, go further, faster with partners. It's like that African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. As a side hustle, on top of everything else he had been working on, Jay did a great job of building up Asa Space from nothing to what it is today in a relatively short amount of time. However, he understood there was an upper bound to how far he could take it if it remained a side hustle. Hitting the next level of success would require time, attention, resources, and connections that I'm sure he could get but would take a considerable amount of time to build. So, instead, he found a partner that already had the elements he was lacking and could do the work for him. And not just any partner, one who had a track record of domination in his category. LVMH is behind the biggest brands in Champagne. Jay didn't go in blind he knew to only go into a partnership where each partner brings some tangible value. In this case, Jay's bringing the prestige champagne with his own place in the culture and customer base, and LVMH is bringing global distribution and impressive marketing budget and domain expertise. Together, they will take ace of spades places across the world Jay couldn't reach alone. Also, with Jay still owning half the brand, he's likely to still be playing a public face for the company. Depending on how they decide to go about it, Jay-Z's image also moves across geographies with the champagne, which can garner more fans and connections, and this helps with Jay-Z's other ventures and of course, his music career. There will come a time when there is an upper bound to what you and your team can do solo. There will be diminishing returns to learning the skills, building the connections, or replicating the infrastructure needed to get to the next phase. It's not that you don't have the ability there's only just so much time in the day, and you have a business to run. So instead of spreading yourself too thin, seek out the best partners you can to go further and faster.
0: This how they did it. Financial freedom, my only hope. Fuck living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, that shit worth two million. million. Two years later, that shit worth eight million. 't wait to get this shit to my children y'all think it's bougie. I'm like it's fine, but I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for 999
1: I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of big facts you can check out the Spotify playlist big facts podcast if you want to listen to the songs played in this episode if this is your first time listening please reach out to me on Twitter at s underscore aFI AZIZ so I can get the feedback that I need to know what to switch up and what to double down on. If you liked the episode, please consider contributing to my Patreon. I got student loans to pay. All the links are in the show notes. And we out.